Here's Gorlamic. Hey guys, welcome back. This is our uh, Who Watches the Watchers movies. Yeah, movies. <laughs> Just movies edition. Um, <laughs> who watches these movies? I'm trying to mash it up. With, uh, it doesn't matter. We'll, uh, we'll, yeah, we'll uh, work on it. You know, workshop it a little bit. Yeah, we're talking about uh, New Mutants. Um, I'm going to tell you the director. Yeah, I need to look it up because that's probably important. The Final Fox Mutant movie yeah. is what it's being kind of promoted as. But I mean, it's. I think it's a bummer that it, it gets to hold that title simply because it basically has absolutely nothing to do with any of the previous Fox Mutant movies, which I feel I like all have something to do with each other. So it's kind of like, why? I don't know. Whatever. It was directed by Josh Boone, who also did, um, I believe he directed The Fault in Our Stars. Is that what this is saying? Yeah, yes. and, and maybe Boontown. Yeah. And he directed two episodes of The Stand on okay. uh, CBS All CBS? Access. I do want to watch that. I do too, because uh, Stephen King. Dang, maybe We're, we'll do a Stephen King episode. We'll read like a Stephen King. That's what I, I wanted to talk to you about what we should do after this. And I was wanting to do uh, the John Carpenter movie, Into the Mouth of Madness. Dude, yes. But I, I couldn't find it on any streaming service. So I was like... I can rent that for her. Oh, yeah. and then we'll just watch it on yeah, Amazon or something? we can watch it on Amazon. Okay. That's, that sounds like a... That's, that's worth the rent, you know what I mean? Yeah. That sounds dope. I love John Carpenter, and that would be fun. Yeah, and that's kind of like John Carpenter's love letter to like H.P. Lovecraft and Stephen King. Yeah, but anyway, that's not the movie we're talking about this but week. That's we're okay. We're just about, talking about movies. Yeah. We're talking about New Mutants. Uh, it came out... Josh in, Boone? Josh Boone. Um, it came out uh, last year, 2020. Um were you able to see this in the theaters? This was during, obviously, all the pandemic that's going on. So, no, I didn't actually watch it until they put it on HBO Max Not, yeah, just okay. recently. You know, yeah. so. And then I just recently watched it. I watched it either yesterday or the day before. Thank you, HBO, for your amazing streaming service. Yeah, thank you. Um, yeah, HBO is where it's at right now. HBO really? Max is pretty deep. Um, I just have, you know complaints about the app on the ps4 yeah i think they i mean the that's something i can forgive you know like they're still working on their app and getting it kind of up and running on everything but they're the the content that they've managed to provide in a short amount of time of being up is fantastic i I agree i really think they came in pretty strong as a challenge like other streaming services and what they're kind of offering so i agree completely i'm happy with it um so this movie yeah as you said it was the last fox x-men movie um and there's only a couple kind of uh references to the fact that that is even true yeah they say the x-men a couple of times in the movie and then uh there's a scene where roberto's in a in a wheelchair and he puts his you know fingers up to the temple (laughs) in his head like you know you know the big guy yeah. yeah um how many Fox X-Men movies were there total? I'm going to look that up real quick. Um, I'm going to try to guess. I'm going to say nine. Oh, I think that's too low of a number. Too uh, low? Yeah, I think there was more like 14. Holy hell. Let's see. So there's... I guess we're including all the Wolverine movies, huh? Those would all fall into that spectrum, three too. three of those. That's yeah. what I was blanking. That's where they are. Because I was like, it's not like there's a lot of spinoffs on them. And then there's the... Because there's the, what, the four... There's the three original. Three original and then five since first class? I think there was 
four, four since first class. Well, four including first class. First class, Days of Futures Past, uh, Apocalypse. And Phoenix. And Phoenix. Okay. I feel and like so I was cramming, trying to cram one more in there. That's four, that's six, that's ten. Um, and then, okay, 13. So including oh, the nice. two. I see, your number was right. The two Deadpool movies and the new mutant movie. Oh, so no wonder it was, it was a bad movie. It was unlucky number 13. <laughs> I mean, that's very true. Uh, did you happen to see Dark Phoenix? Yeah. You did? I did see it, yeah. Did you like it? No. Not okay. at all. <laughs> I did not see that one either. Um, but it was fine. I mean, it, it, it fit just as much with Apocalypse, you know? Um, I feel yeah. like it had that same kind of like, um, bigger pop- scale kind of you yeah. know grander scale kind of story that they were trying to tell tell you know what I mean yeah. so Apocalypse was bad yeah so oh. um I I just it it's such a bummer because First Class was surprisingly decent mm-hmm. and then Days of Future Past was surprisingly very good and did such an amazing job of like being like all of the movies up until this point have been relevant so yeah. you know now and like that was a that was a tricky thing for them to pull off and actually do and i feel tastefully. like i feel like that should have been the finale of the whole series and they kind the of the problem is, is that the second one did too good right yeah exactly <laughs> and so they wanted to kind of milk that for a while and the thing is is apocalypse could have been a great i agree on-screen enemy that's someone i was excited to see it just yeah you know, when when it was announced that it was uh oscar isaac mm-hmm. as apocalypse i was like damn this could be cool <laughs> and then uh they kind of Drop a yeah. whole bag of balls on that one. Um, but yeah, this came out. We're talking about New Mutants, came out August 28th, 2020. Um, it just recently, upon recording this episode, mm-hmm. came out on HBO Max, mm-hmm. and that's where we watched it. Mm-hmm. Um, how was it for you? Because this is an hour and 34 minute movie. Yeah, it's pretty short. I mean, it's, it really is very short. Um, it's surprisingly palatable. Yeah. Um, how, how do you feel overall about this movie? Knowing what I knew going into it, um, I think I kind of had like a the right mindset to enjoy it. You know okay. what I mean? Like I, I got what I wanted out of it and enjoyed it for the most part. I'll get into what I think kind of the weaker points for me were, but more than anything, I think it the characters just could have been a little bit more flushed out yeah. to have given it a, like a greater feel overall. But um, I agree. I thought the story like kind of went in a direction that did surprise me and I kind of liked and I liked the things that it could have set up for the universe if it would have been just like a final stepping stone. You know yeah. what I mean? I like the ideas of having like a... Because I, I think originally this was supposed to come out before Dark Phoenix. Yeah. And so it's weird that, yeah, like this new set of characters is the last of this series. Yeah. Which, you know, saying it's a series of movies is kind of a... Loose, yeah, uh, yeah, description for sure. Exactly. Um, but yeah, I, I actually really enjoyed it. Um, upon watching it, I watched it with my fiance Ashley, mm-hmm. and we kind of both came to the same conclusion that the acting's not terrible, it's the dialogue that they're exactly. having to act with that is, is kind of monstrous. Precisely. And um, so, especially Ilana Rasputin's yeah, portrayal, oh I was incredibly bummed out for because a lot of it is just like, the most silly bullying nonsense you've ever heard in your life that uh-huh. doesn't even totally make sense. And it's just like very like shallow, not, you know what I mean? Yeah. I don't know. And shallow I shallow is a great word for it. Ilana Rasputin magic is like one of my favorite X-Men. Me I think too, she's yeah. a fantastic mutant. I think she's written so well in so many comic books to have her portrayed like that on a TV screen. was just kind of like, <sighs> yeah, it was, it was a letdown for sure. Um, but I mean, overall it was, 
it was easy to parse. Mm-hmm. It didn't challenge us too much. Um, I feel like, I don't know. It's just, it's not a great movie. It's not a great movie. It just is what it is. You know what I mean? Exactly. And um, I know that they had a lot of production issues. I know that there was a lot of writing and kind of conflict where, you know, it's like it kind of got torn apart a little yeah. bit. It's like a, it's like three movies definitely crammed into, you know, one kind of Frankenstein, you know, and you've got the moments where it feels like a weird, like the one of the things that made me laugh the hardest is like the whole part where they drug um the doctor and oh, like really knock is. her out and yeah. they're like she's unconscious we can do whatever we want and then they just do a bunch of shit they could have done with her conscious yeah, yeah they're just like wheeling like just doing normal teenage bullshit you know it's like why not have used that opportunity for anything better than that yeah so it's like oh it's like oh it like tries to jump between like a horror film and like a weird like teenage coming of age story and it just doesn't balance those two things it quite well enough you know what i mean i think ashley had said that a lot of the visual motifs were similar to like something out of a Twilight movie where it's like, you know, wilderness, very calm, very teeny, um, very like nature based. But then it's also like trying to be one flew over the cuckoo's nest at the same time with them, like being in this psychiatric type hospital. And then it's also trying to be a horror movie yeah. and also an X-Men movie. Exactly. So it's like, it's like they wanted so much and really couldn't pull any of it off. You it know, is, it is a true Frankenstein of yeah. a movie. That's just all these, parts that don't totally fit together just making one kind of scary looking hole yeah but if you go into it just like oh well i have an hour and a half to kill and i want to see magic and you know moon dragon and uh, uh, moon dragon or, uh, uh what is her name danny moonstar moonstar yeah <laughs> that's what it is one of those uh I think moonstar moon, moon dragon is drax's daughter yeah i think that's, uh, that's what it is <laughs> um but yeah uh, and moonstar on screen you know you yeah. didn't see those kind of and i thought they did a good job with the you know like the 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 power sets and kind of yeah, no, how definitely. they presented that and i really that was where i thought the movie's storyline still kind of succeeded in the end was mm. i liked kind of the fact that her power was what was like creating the, the overall yes. story arc for everybody you know definitely what I mean? um i liked uh rain sinclair in this movie a lot um i hadn't seen any game of thrones previous to this mm-hmm. so i i was very unfamiliar with the actress um but i liked her in this movie i yeah. thought it was it was very cool um she was the most believable in my opinion because there was scenes where uh danny seemed to react in a weird way than I would have anticipated. Or obviously like um, the other characters were a little bit more cartoony in how they presented themselves. And that's actually Sunspot was pretty decent too. Yeah. Like he was very believable, but like um, as realistic as the Kentucky accent was for uh, (laughs) what is that actor's name? Charlie something? Yeah, No, it was pretty, he was, he was one of the rougher ones to definitely kind of wrap your mind around. Yeah. Yeah. Um, as believable as the Kentucky accent was, it was still very much a cartoon yeah. at the same time. You know what I mean? Um, a parody of the character he was actually trying to be almost. Yeah, exactly. It it really tried to give all of these characters some sort of demon that they all had to wrestle with. Mm-hmm. And I thought that that was pretty admirable in uh, their effort. Yeah. It's like, exactly. I mean, it's like they wanted to have these flushed out characters where we got to see like the the thing that's been haunting them and exactly. it's created this personality type for them. But then it's like the dialogue that they were given to like exactly. have during yeah. the movie just doesn't line up. Like, no. 
I don't know. It's like if Ilana had been through the things that we were kind of shown in her storyline, I feel like she wouldn't be just like this, yeah, rude, you know, arrogant uh, girl making like jokes about buffalo wings and things. You yeah. know, like, <laughs> uh, how did you like uh, Lockheed? Because Lockheed was like given to Ileana instead. Honestly, the, yeah, that was actually I didn't I didn't know that or expect that. So it was a big fun surprise for me that yeah. we got like actual Lockheed when that kind of transition happened. So I'm not like the the last third of that movie you know the, the final um with the demon bear yeah was my was where i got f- full into that movie funny yeah. enough like once ilana like was magic and stopped being ilana um yeah. you know that movie definitely picked up its pace for me and i really <laughs> liked the whole last part um with the demon bear and with lockheed and just the fact that we finally got a little bit more of a mutant move marvel movie yes, rather yeah. than a teenage yeah cuckoo yeah one cuckoo over the yeah. Cuckoo, cuckoo, yeah teenage cuckoo nest yeah <laughs> um I think the resolution at the very end of the movie was a bit quick. It was mm-hmm. a bit like anticlimactic, where it's just um, Danny kind of just being like, no, stop. And then that's how the bear just stops doing its bear thing. Um, but yeah, no, I mean, it, the the last section of this movie is where it turns into a mutant fest where we see everyone using their powers more. I thought Cannonball's uh, visual look whenever he's using his power mm-hmm. was... Pretty cool. Pretty, pretty cool. I thought I, so too. The effects in this movie were pretty cool. Yeah. Like there, there's a scene where uh, Danny is, I guess, falling into one of her trances, mm-hmm. and she goes to, um, or she's in lockdown or something like that, and it starts snowing, but the snow is red. It's like blood. Yeah. Yeah, I thought that was dope. Um, yeah, I think the special effects team probably did the best job out of just about anybody in this movie. Because yeah, even like. Uh, Rain's transformations into like her wolf yeah. form were very impressive. I honestly thought. I and thought so too. The, even the branding, like the makeup design uh-huh. and the brandings, were, looked super good and real. Like I was impressed by a lot of that. It's like it was like so many good little pieces that just yeah. couldn't quite find a perfect hole to fit into. You know what yeah. I mean? Um, there's the scene where Rain and Danny uh, lay in the graveyard mm-hmm. underneath the raining sky, but yeah. I guess Reyes has like a force field over the whole thing. And so how, it's just raining onto the force field. Yeah. yeah, and so you just see it kind of just like glow up. That was very cool looking. Mm-hmm. And, and like even Ashley was like, that looks awesome. And it's like, yeah, this movie looks good. I bet it would have been great to see it on a theater screen realistically. Honestly, yeah. There was someone I knew that went to see it in the theaters. And I can't remember. I almost went and saw it in a drive-thru. Oh. I, I, like that was something I was considering when that became a big thing, you know, yeah. the drive-thru theater. So when that movie came out, I was like, oh, maybe we should. And then I heard the mixed reviews about us. Then I was like, well, well I'll wait to yeah. see. You know, That's but, something that I kind of want to talk about. Um, the mixed reviews, not only from critics, but comic creators. Like, yeah. The creators, like I know that uh, Bill Sinkovitz, uh, he didn't necessarily create the New Mutants, but he was very prevalent in creation of like the Demon Bear and a lot of the th- lore that goes yeah, with him. into the story. Yeah. He he had some faults about the, the movie. He liked that he was able to have such a uh, hands-on approach with like working with the, the movie designers and stuff like that. But um, he said that it was, you know, marred with a lot of, you know, uh, studio presence yeah. and stuff like that. Um, but not only that, the actual co-creator besides Chris Claremont, I can't remember his name off of the top of my head, but he said that he had a lot of issues with the movie as a whole and how they um, interpret- 
interpreted. How, what are the interpreted? Word? Yeah, interpreted um, the characters on screen. I mean, that's really the biggest fault of it is just yeah. the characters themselves are just very weakly written. You know what I yeah. mean? Yeah, I'm just gonna keep coming back to her, but Ilana, man, like I could not get over every line out of her mouth was just like, can you just not yeah, so corny? Can you just not talk? Yeah, can you not be like a 90s sitcom villain like for like <laughs> one scene? Okay, so it's Bob McLeod. Um, he had said somewhere that he was upset because when he when he cre- created uh, the New Mutants with Chris Claremont, mm-hmm. they had obviously set out to make a very diverse team. Like all of these characters come from different points and part parts of the world. Yeah, and he like chose Brazilian for Robert De Costa or Roberto De Costa. Yeah, because he wanted a darker interpretation of it of a character on, yeah. on the panels. And he was upset with the casting that they chose. And as believable and as, um, I feel like he played a good Roberto, uh, the actor who yeah. played him. Let's look him up. Uh, his name is Henry Zaga. Um, as, as awesome as I thought he did as Roberto, I, I can't agree with him. Like maybe that would have been cool. Yeah. If they, some, if they tried to represent a little bit better there. Yeah. And I think all Danny, four of those actors were kind of coming off of something or like in the middle of something big. Oh, really? When they got cast for that movie. Because I know, yeah, the stupid Ilana was doing Peaky Blinders. Oh, right. Yeah. yeah um, you know, it's how she in this basically, and then she went on to do Queen's Gambit. Right, know? right. Yeah. Um, but Arya Stark, you know, obviously for her. And I'm just trying to think of what that actor, what was his name again? Um, Henry Zaga. Because I even remember reading a thing about that where it was like, they felt like it was kind of like a... Like they were hitting like a bunch of... Yeah, 13 Reasons actors. Why. And so he was doing 13 oh. Reasons Why. And so it was basically like four like... Because, yeah, we have Charlie Heaton who was coming off of Stranger Things. Yeah, and so it was just like four like almost overly relevant... <laughs> Um, Very true. Actors in that age group at the time, so I mean, it's almost like feels like the representation on all fronts kind of got the ball dropped. Where you know, like, yeah, uh, they could have done a better job. Just yeah. Where do you think that this could have gone from here, though? I think this would these characters would be great in like a like a like a Disney Plus series or something like that. Something a little more grounded. Something where their stories can be pulled apart and take yeah. you know drawn out a little bit more like i think this could succeed in the w- things that the runaways kind of dropped the ball on it it's serious oh. which is that i thought the first season of that show was very strong and then the second season just leaned way too heavily into like the personal relationships the romance between the characters and it just took it just steered too far from the things that would make you want to continue to watch. It just yeah. turned into a teen drama, you know, that and wasn't focusing on the things that mattered. And I feel like these characters could very, you know, to move on from the, even this story, you know what I mean? Yeah. Could just go on and be very well written as like kind of like a grittier, like, well, let's go find the X-Men on our own time then. Or, you know, like in their, cool, yeah. their own adventure and like being like runaway mutants, you know, that, uh, yeah, just looking for Professor X, you know? Yeah. I mean, no, that's very true. I think that this... I, I I do think that if this were written better, this would have been the perfect introduction to these characters, especially because it's so dynamic with how it's doing a horror film yeah. at the exact same time. Um, but yeah, no, I mean, that makes a lot of sense. I didn't pick up uh, Runaways after the first season. Oh, yeah, there, there's no reason to. Okay, that's interesting. Um, let's take a quick break, and then when we come back, we'll, we'll wrap it up. Around.
So we were talking about a little bit of uh, everything, really, but yeah, primarily New Mutants. Well, yeah. uh, where you think it could go from yeah. here. Um, what do you think would have been some better choices for this movie uh, overall? I mean, besides, I guess, better dialogue. Yeah, one writer. <laughs> <laughs> they could have been a big benefit. Um no, I think like this movie had a great idea of yes. like let's take these characters, have them put into like a you know, it like in a in a home where they're being told that something's essentially wrong with them and then once yeah. they get better they can go on to something greater and it, cuz it's totally some shit that uh who's the company that's actually doing it? It tells us who they are. Oh, Essex. Oh, uh, yeah, the Essex company would totally do to mutants, yeah. you know what I mean? Uh, you know who that is, right? That's uh Mr. Sinister. Yeah, it's Mr. Yeah. Sinister's. That's what I thought. Uh, cuz I mean Essex Corp is in the is it I, I I don't know if it's in the comics, but it shows up for some reason a lot in the Fox movies. Is like, that what it is? Yeah, because okay. it shows up in Deadpool, and then I don't know for sure, but the the footage that they show in this movie looks a lot like where they were keeping Laura Kinney in Logan. Yeah, you know what I mean? Exactly. See, that's what I even felt like too. Like when yeah. they had those flashbacks, that's what it kind of made me think of. Was like, is that what they're trying to kind of baby reference? Is like yeah. exactly what's going on in. The, yeah, the old bigger, man Logan yeah. way in the future, you know, because that's what that is supposed to be is like the future of this situation, right? I don't know. It Logan is such a weird thing because it feels like maybe it's the future, but it also hasn't really evolved that much. So like, much that it would make sense. Yeah. Yeah. It Logan is definitely its own thing. Yeah. But, um, I but anyway. Mean, yeah. What were you saying? Um, what did you even ask me? Oh, it, where, <laughs> oh, where did they, how could they have done better? Yes, <laughs> like, yeah. Um, I just think, yeah, like a little bit better, um, taking a little bit more time and maybe having given the characters just a little bit more personal time together, you know, to kind of develop their storylines. Like maybe instead of it just being like one scene of dialogue where we kind of got each of their like, you know, uh, demons and then all of a sudden it was just their personified demon on screen. Yeah. Just like hammer it all out just a little bit more. This movie could have done with another 30 minutes of just like, Especially if it was a good thirty minutes, yeah, 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 a solid thirty minutes of like getting to know the characters. You know, I think I mean? if if this movie had another thirty minutes of very very good, um, like characterization. Mm-hmm. Oh boy, I'm fucking up every word. <laughs> You're fine. Um, it this movie would be very good. Uh, I think definitely worth the watch. Yeah. Um, one thing I want to say is that like it, it. It wanted to be a nice, clean-cut movie, mm-hmm. and I, I, I have admiration for something like that, where it's just like, I think we can get in, tell this story under an hour and thirty minutes, and get out, and it'll be good. Yeah, and and we're not trying to. Well, I mean, they are trying to set up for the future, but it's like this story will be its own story without exactly. like necessary intents of the future. You know what yeah. I mean? But I mean, I, I, it was an admirable try, and yeah. I mean, this was definitely in the era where. I think they're making this while Disney was like visibly trying to purchase. Fox. I mean, absolutely. That's exactly. And so what's that's, happening. that's another huge bummer is that like, they knew this shit was doomed from the start. You know what I mean? Even if this movie was great, there wouldn't ever be a true sequel. It to wouldn't it. matter. Yeah, exactly. Cause like at that time, Fox was greenlighting all kinds of dog shit. Like they were, <laughs> they greenlit, uh, a, Doctor Doom movie. Yeah, they greenlit a um a Kitty Pride movie. They were just trying to hold on to all of their right. You know their <laughs> the stuff they had. You know, but remember that they they greenlit a Kitty Pride movie that was going to be written by Brian Michael Bendis. That's dope. Why didn't we get that? <laughs> because Fox was purchased by Disney. Yeah, I know. Um, 
but that's I guess where I'm leading this conversation to now is is we kind of have a a an outsider's understanding that Disney is going to continue Deadpool. Yeah. As Ryan Reynolds that 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 mythology is them blatantly continuing a Fox mutant so franchise. Do you feel like that there are aspects of the Fox universe that is still worth pulling besides Deadpool? Whether I personally think it's worth pulling, whether I think they will, I feel like two very different things. Yeah. What you do you? What, I mean? what would? If anything, do you feel like there's anything in the Fox universe that's worth pulling? I think it was smart of them to kill off Logan because that would have been something that people would have wanted to fight for. You know what I mean? So it was smart of Fox to kill off the character. Yeah. You know, before they, he could be taken from them. I'm happy to have mutants back into just the the full pool of things. I would. I want so badly to have mutants running around with Avengers and I mean can you imagine if we got X-Men versus Avengers on the big screen in like yeah. a way that was actually organic and good yeah. I would love that I would eat that shit right up you know what I mean I so agree. I feel like that's the only real like thing that would reinvigorate the uh the movie going th- audience that and we Endgame did, have did you the know red I mean? herring of Evan Peters you know what I mean yeah. <laughs> which I know was just a red herring in the end but I was them like playing with us just a little bit it was, um, yeah. so i don't know i don't know if there's necessarily anything that like needs to survive or i would be like i definitely want that to come through um but i understand deadpool because exactly people would burn the world down <laughs> if they didn't get their fucking deadpool so you know deadpool's um loose uh association with the x-men i think is probably a better introduction to the x-men than the X-Men ever were. And that is that it's just a school and there's mutants. That yeah. Were. You know it, what I mean? It's so much more or less grand yeah. presented. It's just like, oh, it's, it's literally just a high school full of kids who have weird powers. Like, it's not anything greater than that. And I like his Colossus a lot. The Colossus oh, that shows like up that. in the, those movies, I like a lot. Way better than his little sister's representation <laughs> in the movies. But, you know, so, like, Colossus has been, uh, I think we've seen two different actors yeah because we saw him in x-men 2 you know yes and then we also saw him again in x-men days of future past as uh part of the future x-men team wasn't he teamed up with like bishop and stuff oh i forgot it but that was a different actor even then from the first representation i don't that's where i would have to check because i don't know i literally forgot that he's in like that that team i've I've only ever seen days of futures past maybe twice and they were pretty close together when that movie came out okay so it's been a while it's been a while (laughs) since i've seen x-men i'm gonna play the song there um let me see who played uh colossus in that movie but same then that makes me realize we've also gotten what two different juggernauts on screen and yeah we've had two different juggernauts we've had three different kitty prides okay so no yeah the colossus that is in days of future past is the same actor that was in x-men 2 and x-men 3 that's what i thought um which is ridiculous ridiculous exactly oh and then there was even a different sunspot in Mm -hmm. days of future past than in the the that's right mutants because he was obviously a much older man yeah um he wasn't a kid that's so crazy that that that's one thing that the x-men movies like have a huge fault with is that there's no true like continuity and they didn't give a shit from the start they didn't give a single shit from the start. That's where the MCU did it right, was that they were 
thinking of the continuity from Iron Man 1. You know what yeah. I mean? They were thinking 10 movies ahead yeah. from movie number one where they, I feel like a Fox was just like, we got the rights, let's do an X-Men movie, you know? <laughs> yeah. It's just crazy. It's just, uh, I don't know. And I think if, I feel like it shows the difference between when movie execs are making a comic book movie and comic book creators are making comic book movies. Or like you know? comic book fans. Or comic book like, fans. Yeah, Kevin Feige's a gigantic comic book yeah. fan, you know? Oh man, um, I I'm, I can hear my uh, my sick accent right oh, now. Oh no, it's just like them. my stuffed nose. Yeah. Um, but yeah, I mean, it's just it's just crazy that like for so long, X Men were the premier book, like the seventies and eighties, primarily the eighties. Like that was the book everyone was reading in the comic book world, and it's just crazy that. Of course, because they were the most popular, they're the first out of the gates with a big universe, a mm-hmm. big sprawling cinematic universe. And of course, it was done by people who don't give a true shit. You know what I mean? It's just a bummer that it was made by people who were getting a paycheck and not wanting to make right. something for the comic book community. You know? Yeah, it's just oh, it's a bummer that it's going to be marred in that. You know what I mean? What What do you think? Do you think just the fact that it's going to be Kevin Feige behind it, and it's just going to say Marvel Studios above the title. Do you think that's what's going to make the following X Men movies not haunted by this, these previous movies? I bet they're going to just do them aggressively different than these movies were done. They'll do what them. Could, in... What could be aggressively different? Like full spandex, like full colors, yeah. like like either that or just like I feel like they might even try to go like the direction. Uh, not first class, but the one where we first got to see like Cy- young Cyclops. And, oh, right. You know? I, I think that like, was Apocalypse. Yeah, it was Apocalypse, right? I feel like that's the direction they would more try to go where it's going to be like... Like less, visually? Visually and story di- you know, storyline where it'll be more about a younger group of yeah. mutants coming up into the world of, you know, the X-Men versus like, these are our X-Men already, you know? Yeah. Um, you know, we'll get an unestab. But I would also, I mean, I would love it if we, if it was just like, I'm trying to think of like a good kind of newer X Men or newer mutant that would be kind of a good who who if you could make an X Men movie about any single mutant coming Ooh. into the X Men, you know, like yeah, joining like, the like school, becoming would, they would be our right. And so, I mean, like Cyclops and Storm are already all established characters in it, and we're just a, they're they're going to be our right along into that universe. Who do you think what would if, be a good? What if it was? Like a more original five, where it was Cyclops, Gene, Beast, like the five, Iceman, yeah. and and Angel. Yeah, maybe you can throw. Um, it's like who would be the you know who would be the good? What if because I liked the idea that they tried to make Mystique more of like a conflicted character in the X Men movies or in the the Fox I feel like movies. they only did that because they accidentally struck gold by casting. Jennifer Lawrence. Exactly, yeah. yeah. Exactly. Um, I feel like that was like a good idea, but I would want to see that just not Mystique. You know what yeah. I mean? Like, What if it was the MCU movie was we see the original five, they've been operating secretly this whole time, and it's literally th- our introduction is, well, it's almost like Giant Size X-Men where suddenly Professor X has to put together a new team to go save the original five x-men and so he gets wolverine storm colossus nightcrawler banshee so on and so forth thunderbird and and puts them in a team and is like this is this is it this is our first adventure as the x-men what if it was that that'd be amazing man but i want like 
Thunderbird to be the lead or like, oh, you know what I mean? I would want I anyone but like Storm or Wolverine to be like that character that we get to follow along. You know what I mean? Like, That's true. I just want those, I guess, greater characters to just be like the... Like almost like legacy, like like something to achieve, but that's not who we're following. Exactly. Yeah. You know what I mean? That's exactly what I mean. They're already like that that greater thing to that our character is trying to make it to. Exactly. And I do like that idea, especially if they're going to try to organically squeeze it into what has already been the Marvel Universe. Yeah. Our, the X-Men will either have to been yeah operating on like an extremely secretive level yeah. or they just have never even operated truly as a hero team before. You know what I mean? And it's just like one of those things that they're like maybe the they're gonna make the argument that mutants have just been too like inhumans have just been too scared to show the world that they existed until yeah. they reach a moment that just forces them to feel like they have to you yeah, know like so. forces their hand i feel like if it's the original five and you know professor x is like this omega level mutant and he can just like choose to whether you remember seeing them or not I feel like that that would be a good enough explanation of why oh, we like haven't the men seen in black. Them. He's yeah. like basically, <laughs> yeah. He's just like neuralizing uh, everyone. <laughs> yeah, he's like mutants. What are you talking about? And just you know, gone from their memory. I feel like that would be a good enough like explanation on why the world hasn't seen them yet. You know what I mean? And so I don't know, like, because the whole idea of like the whole colorful spandex and them and all those like you know, super shiny Mm -hmm. colors and everything is because he wanted them to look like superheroes. So the public sees them as superheroes rather than mutants. Um, Oh, Sunfire was the other team member I forgot to name. Um, But I feel like now that, you know, maybe superheroes are, are more in the spotlight and and more treated like, like these beautiful things Mm -hmm. because of everything that happened with the blip and Endgame and everything. Maybe this will be more of a reason for, for, uh, Professor X to allow them into the spotlight now. You know what I mean? Dude, what if they do something? Like, this is just like me just thinking out loud. What if they do something like the blip creates mutation? How would that work? See, I've seen Only people, people who have blipped were come, mutants? become mutants. Exactly. People who come back from the blip have been mutated through wherever, whatever they went to. You know? So would that mean all of them are mutated or just that? A select few from that group. Because it oh, okay. was half the population. And I think the X-Men talks about the number of population that is mutated. And it's, I, it's, it's not half. It's like... Oh, no. It, it changes all the time. I think after fucking... Uh, House of M. It was down to like a hundred and thirty. Well, yeah, it's like hardly left. anything. But yeah. like, I remember even reading like a comic where it talked about like is like yeah, like eight percent of the population of the world yeah. is like mutant or evolved. You know what I mean, yeah. or something like that. It's like a number that just got thrown out at one point in time. Yeah. Um. So I imagine it'd be like exactly just like a percentage of those people who had like the right DNA, you know, marker or something, just becoming. It it just makes sense. I mean, it would be just that an easy, convenient way for them to be like, oh, well, that's why there's people with powers now because the fucking. That, the blip did it, you know? That bums me out. Because it's lazy. It's like, well, then did Wolverine have claws in World War II? Like, like, oh, yeah. You so, know like, I mean? our original characters that who would have needed their powers was, pre-blip. Yeah. Was Namor the first mutant? You know, was Mr. Sinister back in the 1920s manipulating shit? You know what I mean? That's so a good argument to, like, it, those characters basically Magneto, wouldn't be allowed to exist. Would Magneto be Magneto in World War II? How are they going to do that? That's, yeah. that's going to be fucking... I like how we got that twice, you know? (laughs) Yeah. It's just crazy that it's like, how are we going to explain Magneto? What is the... They might not. What if they just don't do those characters? What if we just don't get our big five and we don't ever get Wolverine or Magneto and they just 
give us everybody that, else but i mean that's not a bad idea they're just but, like fuck everybody that Mo- fox ever did we'll just do our own you we'll know just like, do everyone there's else plenty of others that we can work with and like storm that, would be one of the ones that they could redo and it'd be fine because storm's representation in those last two movies was dog shit and completely yeah. forgettable you know what i mean do you feel like that that's if you were in charge, do you feel like that's something you would do is is just kind of sideline all the big names for now and just try to do... It's the easier... It, I don't want to... I mean, it sucks to go the easier direction, but it's the easier and more organic thing to do than to try to like clump these characters in and be like, oh, well, uh, it's this crazy circumstance is why we've never seen or heard of them before, you know, yeah. in spite of all these things, you know. It's just easier to start fresh. Yeah. So... Yeah, I mean, that might be the way to do it. I mean, that's... That's kind of why they're starting to lean on characters like the Eternals and mm-hmm. Shang-Chi is because there's no previous representation of these characters. And it's something it, actually fresh to, to the audience, you know? Let's talk about the Shang-Chi trailer. Mm-hmm. You saw it. Yeah. Yeah. Definitely. How did you feel? I, I'm excited for it. I don't know. You know me. I'm in the middle of anime right now. So anything that's got a little bit of a, <laughs> air, like, a like an Eastern Asian, flair. Yeah, an Eastern flair to it kind of got me going just a little bit. It looks um, um, very sick. Mm-hmm. I feel like a lot of what you see in it would not exist if it were not for um, Crouching Tiger, Hidden Dragon. Yeah, absolutely. And uh, everything that Ang Lee did with that movie. Because like, there's, there's scenes in the Shang-Chi trailer that are straight up... <laughs> Crouching Tiger, Hidden Dragon. Absolutely. No, I feel like the the Kung Fu in this is going to be like next level and it's going to be everything that Iron Fist should have been kind yeah. of in a way. It's going to be like the true jumping around, you know, you know, traditional style Kung Fu, for like that Hidden Dragon style shit that's going to look dope on screen in a yeah. Marvel movie, you know, put to that grand scale. Um, so... I, I mean, it, it is, it is, it does look just like another Marvel movie in a little mm-hmm. bit of a way, but I, I don't know. I think it's gonna, I think they've found a formula that works and that's why they keep using it. You yeah. know what I mean? So. Have you seen, um, his, I guess, in quotes, superhero getup? No, it's on the poster, I guess. Is it? Oh, okay. So, does it, it look rough? No, it looks fine. Okay. It's just, I have something I'd like to say. Where do you think, it. what do you think this movie's gonna have to do with the rest of the MCU? Well, it has a lot to do with the terrorist organization, the Ten Rings, mm-hmm. which was set up in Iron Man 1. Yeah. So it's the Mandarin or... Yeah, I mean, it's the same group that the Mandarin was kind of semi-part yeah. of, right? Yes. Yeah. I mean, he's the leader of the Ten Rings, supposedly. Yeah, but there was like wears... a faction that was in Iraq or wherever um, that, Tony that, Stark the, was. Who took uh, Iron Man in the exactly, first movie. Yeah. yeah, I remember. Um, I don't know the implications that it's going to have other than he'll probably end up being a new Avenger eventually. Um, okay. Well here, I'm going to show you his outfit. Oh, okay. Yeah. So Wanda, that's what I'm going to say is that (laughs) I understand that they're trying to set up like this cohesive, like MCU MCU look, but why does it look like everyone's suit has been designed by the same fucking person? It's yeah. like they all go to Edna Mode in this <laughs> MCU version, and they're all just like, hey, we're all going to look the fucking yeah. same. Can I get a crimson and black costume, please? <laughs> okay, Wanda was just in here. Yeah. Like, like, She's like, oh, I have some extra uh, material from the suit I just did for another character here. I'll just... <laughs> No capes. I'm just no kidding. Capes. Wanda's got a cape. <laughs> she does have kind of a cape, yeah. No, but that literally, just to look at that right at the gate, I instantly was like, that looks like Wanda's yeah, chest plate. It's such a bummer that they all look the same. And I've seen leaked artwork for the Eternals, and once again, it they all have like this kind of like design right on their chest. And it's like, why do they all look the fucking same? 
I don't get it. It's like they're all supposed to be diff- wildly different yeah, from origins. wildly different places. Yeah. And and they somehow all look the same. It's it's kind of weird. It's kind of a bummer. But, you know, I'll take it as it goes, I guess. We're going to we're going to watch it in any way, yeah. right? What so. if in the sequel to Shang-Chi, we get uh Danny Rand and Shang-Chi ends up being Iron Fist. Like he tries to That'd take the Iron Fist mantle <laughs> and Danny Rand was like his antagonist. Or like Danny Rand, like for whatever reason, is like giving up the mantle and just oh, like gives yeah. it to Shang-Chi and so that like finishes dope. off with him having the, the dragon on his chest. That'd be oh, badass. And, he and it's just a way for them to take the Netflix character and get evolve fit. it. Yeah, evolve it. Like keep the Iron Fist, but you know, <laughs> move away from the Netflix you know, That'd be dope. series. That'd um, be about it. I mean, I did. I liked the first season of Iron Fist for what it was. I really did. I liked you know? portions of it. Yeah, I mean, like I, I, I enjoyed the actor who they chose. I like Danny Rand. Yeah. yeah, I mean, I enjoyed Danny. I thought Rand. it was corny and goofy. But... Yeah, exactly. I mean, it's just like anything Marvel's, you know, did <laughs> kind of around that time. It's just True. it's corny and it's goofy and it's it's comic book. You know what I mean? True. So you take it for what it is and not what you want it to be. Sometimes you know. Um, was there anything else? Oh. Have you seen the most recent episode of Falcon and the Winter Soldier? Mm-hmm. At the time of recording this, we have... And we also didn't talk about the previous one. Either. True, yeah. We haven't talked a lot about the previous ones. But at the time of recording this, we're about to see the last episode tomorrow. Is that real? Yeah, the last episode comes out tomorrow. That makes so much sense. I literally watching the previous one, I was like, I don't know where... This ha- <laughs> like, the next episode has to be the last, because where else is any of these storylines going to go after this? So how did you feel about this previous episode? Uh, I guess the big... Um, markers are that Sam and Bucky have kind of definitively chosen that they are kind of a duo. Yeah. Um, they fixed up Sam's boat. Zemo got arrested by the Dora Milaje. Sam accepted the shield. Yeah. Oh yeah, he Sam... took on the mantle. He's, so he's, we got that whole cool montage of him practicing with the shield and getting, yeah. big, which I really liked because I felt like it kind of gave a representation of vibranium. Yeah, and the fact that. It makes it the shield make more sense on how it works because I'm yeah. sure that confused people and like the fact that it just bounces back to Captain America all the time yeah. and the fact that they were like it's it's like how it's designed and built is that it works kind of like a boomerang you know yeah. so it's like we got to see him practicing having to get that that throw down and so I, thought, I really I, lo- I ate that shit right up when yeah. I was watching it I love the scene where it's him and and Bucky kind of debating on stuff and going back and forth and they're just tossing the shield back and forth <laughs> to each other or they're bouncing it off of a couple of trees and then it bounces <laughs> to the other person I thought that was so dope. Um, but yeah, I mean, did you? There was uh, the big uh, reveal of Madame Hydra, mm-hmm. played by Julia Louis Dreyfer, which I thought was kind of funny because we got Madame Hydra and Agents of Shield too. You know? Oh, we did technically. Oh um, no, uh, not really. Though, oh, okay. Which is it's Ada in the framework. Yeah, I don't know oh, how much of Agents of Shield okay. you walked, but when you know, there's a whole bit in Agents of Shield where they get stuck in like the Matrix, basically. <laughs> yeah. But Ada can literally refers to herself as Madame, Madame Hydra. Hydra. So oh, I thought boy. that was pretty cool. Yeah, pretty funny that that. Yeah, we got an- Agents of Shield is weird because they'll they'll take. A, a character that is a character and just like ah, I'm gonna morph it into this character. Yeah. Why not? You know exactly. We saw that with uh, Talbot. Talbot too. Yeah. yeah. Um, Gravitan. Gravitonium. Yeah. But uh, yeah, no. I just thought it was funny that I don't know. Julia Louis Dreyfer is just such a a weird pick. But like, at oh, the do you same think time, so? I thought she did a great job of I, being no, like a, an evil presence. You know yeah, what I mean? I think she's gonna do a great job. But like, Hydra is like a. 
Nazism, yeah. and she's a Jewish woman, <laughs> so it's just like it's kind of funny, it's kind of cool, but I think she's gonna knock it out of the park. I think the MCU really is trying to be, or really tried to be like Hydra isn't Nazis; they just yeah. use the Nazis. You know what I mean? Yeah, like, yeah no, she, yeah. Um, but I guess she's gonna be like evil Nick Fury. Is, yeah, I think what's gonna end up happening, kinda... she's gonna kind of put together her. Do you think it'll be Dark Avengers, or do you think it'll be? Thunderbolts. It'll be the Sinister Six. I'm just saying. No, it'll probably be the Dark Avengers. I have Dark to Avengers. believe that's where they would go. Yeah. Okay, because I see online a lot of people hypothesizing their Dark Avengers team, and it would be you know because the Thunderbolts aren't a, are a good. Yeah, they're team. they're basically the Suicide Squad. To, they're uh, bad guys yeah. pretending to be good guys, and then they're outed as bad guys, and they still want to do good. Yeah. And the leader of that team is Baron Zemo as Citizen V, which I thought maybe we would get a hint at mm-hmm. that at the end of the show, but it doesn't look like it. No. Um, you think Zemo's done? You think he's... No, no. I no, was no. going to say, I'm pretty sure, yeah, he's not going to end this season in Wakandan custody. I'm just saying. Oh. You think so? No, I I thought that was his last appearance. Yeah, maybe you're right. Maybe we'll see him, like, sneak out mm-hmm. in the next episode or something. Um, I feel like these shows are leaving way more loose ends than they led us to believe, led us to believe. I said that kind of weirdly because like WandaVision did the exact same thing where it left us with so many more questions mm-hmm. than it tried to answer. And I feel like this show is going to fucking do the same thing to us. Exactly. Um, but uh, let's see. There was John Walker as Captain America. People are saying that um, I can never say her name, but Evola Yv- or Ivana or whatever, the other black mm. widow, I can never say her name. Is going to be the Black Widow stand-in for uh, Madam Hydra. Oh, okay. And then Blonsky, what is his name? Abomination is going to be their Hulk. They, I just saw someone try to put together put that team their together, whole basically. like Dark Avengers. So it would be like, yeah, exactly. John Walker. Yeah. And, okay, that makes as the Captain America. I would rather have new characters. Like, not even like, oh, this is my Hawkeye stand-in. I would rather have like, just off the wall like other picks but i mean taskmaster would be a dope ass fucking honestly <laughs> yeah true honestly um but i mean what how do you feel about that how do you feel about the idea of there being a dark avengers especially in this time period where it seems like there doesn't need to be an avengers and all of the big three are kind of yeah. either dead or off like planet you I know what like, i mean i feel like the mcu doesn't need to do its own suicide squad but if they really really want to i guess that's <laughs> fine you know they could probably do it better anyway you know they're going to take True. that same idea and just do it their own way and do it better if that's what, how that's going to go you know um so Did, oh you think that she's recruiting john walker for positive like i think she wants to intense. try i think she wants to try and make her like new i think she's going to be like the norman osborn where yeah. it's like i'm going to take over Shield, I'm going to take over all this shit. And show that I can do it better than the people who think they're great. You know yeah. what I mean? I th- I'm hoping, at least, that that's where this is going. Yeah. Um. Did you see there's an after credit scene from this episode? No, I didn't. Okay, it's just John Walker in like some sort of fucking like, garage or something okay. building his own shield. Oh, really? And it looks ratchet. Oh, really? It looks pretty fucked oh, up. Oh, I need to watch it. Cause... <laughs> yeah, each of these episodes has like nine minutes of credits at the yeah. end. So I was like convinced a lot. I gave up on looking for post credit scenes because I was like, all of them have like 10 minute blocks at the end of them. He gets his like Medal of Honor or something like that and solders it to the fucking shield. <laughs> <sighs> I, I love 
I love Wyatt Russell. He's doing a great job. Yeah, no, he really is doing a great job. He did a fantastic job of being the unhinged, yeah, like uh, super soldier, you know. I loved that last shot from the previous episode with the bloody shield. I felt like that had to be pulled directly from... Some that camera yeah. angle and the bloody shield and everything. I was like, this is from something. This is this is a panel I, from a comic somewhere. I wanted to draw the Watchmen happy face with the Captain America shield in the background and it just have the blood on it like the Watchmen button. Um but th- that's beyond do any the, point. Do the comedian holding a shield that is the button <laughs> covered in blood. Uh dressed as John Walker. He's like, Who's laughing now? <laughs> Uh, do we have anything left to say? I don't know. We're not even talking about New Mutants at this point. I mean, point, that's so. that's perfectly right. <laughs> do you, is there anything uh, recently that happened that you want to talk about or anything? No? Yeah. Okay, then I think that ends this episode. Yeah, pretty uh, much. Do we know what movie we're going to be talking about next week? I think you just mentioned it, the John Carpenter. Oh, Hunter. yes, yeah, Into the Mouth of Madness. Yeah. That sounds like a fun-ass movie. Let me make sure that that's what it's called. Hold I don't on. Know, that sounds dope. Even <laughs> if that's not the title, we need to make a movie with that title. <laughs> Into the mouth of Bowie of madness. Yep. No. Yeah. Nineteen ninety four. Sam Neill. Uh, mm. Let's get into it. All right. Next week we'll be talking about Into the Mouth of Madness by John Carpenter. A little spooky. Okay. Thank you guys for listening, and uh, uh, we will see you then, or we will see you on another time. Uh, bye-bye. Bye bye.